Hi, everyone, and welcome to my second podcast episode. So today I interview my friend, former client, and former coworker, Lizzie. Uh, she's an aspiring actor and playwriter based here in Atlanta, Georgia. She graduated with her master's in performance from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. She is married to an incredible younger man and is a dog mom to three hilarious pups. She currently enjoys working at farmer's markets, going to acting class, and enjoying time with her little family. And we talk about a lot in this episode. We caught up, um, we talked about the unexpected death of her Chihuahua Winky and processing the grief of that. We talked about how she got into acting and how, you know, that's going. She's taking an acting class. And then we also talked about the experience, the traumatic experience of working the job where we met together and how it was a very, very toxic environment and how environments and situations like that can really change you. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please like, share, and comment. And without further ado, here we go. All right, today I'm here with my friend, former client, and former coworker, Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we haven't seen each other in a while. So when we were setting up for the podcast, I didn't want to like ask or talk that much. So because I knew it may like leave out some things. But um, how have you been? <laughs> I've been okay. A lot has happened since the last time we saw each other. Yes. I have been diagnosed with a giant mass in my body. Yeah, I remember seeing that on your stories. And that is pressing into my nerve clusters Mm. in my back. Um, So I haven't been able to weight lift like I want to. Yeah, I remember seeing... Uh, I remember seeing some of that on your stories and stuff. Yeah. So what have, like, how has that, uh, like, affected you? And, like, yeah, what's going on with all that? It's been crazy. I've gone to so many doctors, and two of them are like, this mass absolutely could not be causing your pain. Mm. And two of them are like, it's absolutely could be causing your pain. Wow. But the main consensus is it has to get removed. Either way. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. the size of a grapefruit. Mm. It is on wow. my ovary. So oh, my Lord. So it'll probably have to go with it, which wow. is fine because I don't really want children. Yeah. And even if I did, I have another one. Yeah. There's a spare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's that. But, of course, our healthcare system here in this country is mm-hmm. um, super impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. <laughs> so our insurance actually will only cover preventative things. So surgery is not on the table right now mm. because it's $20,000 for just the surgical suite. Wow. That doesn't include the surgeon, That's the anesthesiologist, crazy. any extra whatevers. So mm. um, I have to wait for open enrollment in November. And then, um, and then most likely it won't even kick in until January. Mm. So I'm looking at like a January 1st timeline to um, get this thing removed. And then um, just kind of see where yeah. my, my, where we're at there, where my body is. Yeah. And um, if I can continue weightlifting. Right. Um, so, so let me ask you, like, have the doctors that you've been talking to and stuff, what does the recovery look like, like, after that procedure? Like, six to eight know? weeks. Okay, so, and did, have they said, like, the success, like, do those tumor, or what, what, it's a, it's a mass? They're just calling it a mass. Oh, a mass, We're okay. not calling it anything okay. else. Gotcha, <laughs> I want to call it the right thing. Um, but ha- did they say that usually once it's removed, it's gone, or? Well, they don't know what it is. Oh, that's interesting. They so, um, they're pretty sure it's not a tumor. Because, okay, that's good. Or, like, cancerous, because that usually happens in, like, small little clusters. Mm, it doesn't yeah. usually get this big. Hmm. But it's not a fibroid either, okay. and it's not filled with fluid. It's pretty solid, so it's not a cyst. Huh. Um, so hmm. they, they, they're like, we don't know what it is until it comes out. Oh, wow. I was like, great. Um, so I don't know if it'll come back. Right, um, right. If there's something yeah. else hidden around there that we can't see because it's so big. Right. Um, so. <laughs> so, okay. All right, so I knew, like, whenever we were lifting together and stuff, you know, we would always watch out for your back and everything. But, like, did it, your back progressively got worse, correct? Mm -hmm. And that's what prompted you to basically seek a little bit more of what's happening here because something's not normal. Yeah. It's not your usual aches and pains. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's basically what happened. And it's, yeah. It, well, it's all nerve pain because it shoots down my left leg. It's, mm. um, cause it's, it's sitting there. It's my sciatic yeah. nerve right, and it's right. just pressing on that nerve mm. bundle in the back. Cause it's on the, uh, it's on the back side of my uterus pressing yeah. into the back. Yeah. Um, so it's just, uh, lots of nerve pain, which yeah. is crazy painful. Yeah. Um, but it like ebbs and flows mm -hmm. and there are things that I can do to like manage the pain so it doesn't get to yeah. like uh, incredible crazy I can't walk right which has happened uh, just a handful of times mm -hmm. um, but with ice and copious amounts of ibuprofen yeah. I'm probably doing some damage <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> man well hopefully you know hopefully you're able to get that done and hopefully you can move on with your life yeah you know after that so I guess it's just taking it one day at a time yeah yeah you and know. I've started um implementing upper body stuff okay with small dumbbells yeah. just in my home yeah. where I can like sit get you some movement in mm -hmm. and walking yeah um are you doing any stretching or yoga or anything doing some yeah. stretching not a lot of yoga because yoga puts my back into a supine mm. position which I have spondylolisthesis as well, and mm -hmm. you just can't do that with your back when you've got that. Gotcha. So, um, like stretching, yoga-inspired stretching. Gotcha. Yeah, basically doing what you can with what you got going on. Yeah. So yeah, that's fair. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that even. So moving into our next topic. Yeah. Yeah. What else <laughs> has been going on? Um, I, my little dog passed away yeah I remember seeing that Jeez. I cannot even imagine it was horrific yeah um, she was hit by a car yeah. and uh, she's not the kind of dog that would get out of your yeah. house she she's not the kind of dog that wakes up before noon yeah <laughs> <laughs> she was a chihuahua um, and she we had gone on a car ride the day before and she mm -hmm. loves to go on car rides with us so she'd gone on a car ride, and then it was trash day, and Jeremy woke up super early at, mm -hmm. like, 6 to take the trash and the recycling out. And our front yard is so shaded with mm. trees. I'm only assuming this is what happened. I think she wanted to go on another car ride. Aww. She woke up and followed Pop Pop out. Yeah. And when he turned his back, he couldn't see her because, A, mm -hmm. she's so small. Right. And, B, she's black. Yeah. So it was dark out. And then I think she got sidetracked, had to potty, went off into the bushes. Yeah. And when he left for work, he didn't see her. Oh, my Lord. Oof. Um, and then I found her at the bottom of our road. Mm. And I just, like, I mean, I was hysterical. Yeah. I, I was in my pajamas. Oh, I still I had my, my morning sleep bun in. I'm sure I looked like a lunatic. Yeah. Um, but there was a wonderful woman. She stopped and she directed traffic around no. my pup so that I could get to her. And my neighbor came out, helped me carry her to the back, and helped me dig a hole for her. Yeah. And it was sad. It was really sad. And um, Jeremy and I, we lost our minds for a whole day. Like, yeah. We looked down at the clock. We, we It's just like time. Yeah stood still for us and then when we looked down at the clock it was nine o'clock at night and we mm. hadn't eaten anything yeah we had just been sitting in silence like taking turns like mm -hmm. sobbing yeah um and that grief process has been very hard because she was equally our dog we have two other dogs at home and they are very clearly bonded to me. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's just there. <laughs> Jeremy's just sometimes occasionally yeah. feeds them. That's too funny. So um, I didn't want to get another dog. I, I Yeah. But Jeremy didn't have comfort like I had. Mm. So we went and we got a, a dog yeah. from the shelter. And we just got her yesterday. She's a chihuahua again. He nice. he loves the chihuahuas. He's <laughs> like, this is this is my breed. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, and she's just the sweetest little thing. And, and everyone, what, what's her name again? Waffle. Waffle. That's right. You did say that. Yeah. yeah. Aww. Waffle. Um, we named her because uh, the previous draw, her name was Winky. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to do another W name. Yeah. To honor her Aww. and her memory. That's and sweet. So we've got her. We've had her. 
Um, not even 24 hours yet. <laughs> <laughs> she was spayed yesterday, so she was like... Do you know how old she is? They estimated a year and a half. Okay. Okay. So she's a young girl. Cool. Um, she seems very easygoing. When we met her, she just was like, okay, this is this is cool. Yeah. And then we picked her up, and she gave us the full body, her, the full weight of her body, and just, like, her little eyes were, like, closing. No. She just was, like, <laughs> in her element. She's like, yes, hold me, snuggle me. Yeah. Oh, so. Dogs are the best. But I, I literally, like, I can't even imagine, like, uh... I can't even think about that, you know, losing a, a dog. Yeah, mm, can't even think and about it. So suddenly, right? I right. I've lost a pet before. She yeah. was a 22 year old cat, mm-hmm. so she was super old, um, and she died in my arms. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I just had all this comfort, knowing I was there for her. Right. She had lived a really good right. long life. There were signs, like we knew it was coming, we prepared for it, it still hurt, but um, there wasn't guilt or shame or all of these other emotions attached to it, it just was a natural ending to a beautiful life, and we don't have those comforting things to say right now, because she was young, she was eight, Mm. and Chihuahuas lived to be pretty old. Yeah, my mom's Chihuahua lived to be pretty old. She had gray hair and everything. She was a black Chihuahua, she was so cute. Her name was, was it Princess? No, wait, 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 wait. I can't even, I can't even remember, but she was a very sweet chihuahua. Yeah. Very sweet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been, I mean, it's probably been over 10 years since I've had a pet die on me. And that was when I was in college, I adopted a white, all white cat mm-hmm. named Buster. <laughs> he was so cute. And he ended up getting these multiple, basically I was, I was spending a lot of money at the vet, like getting, having him surgeries, getting these, these masks removed from him, mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, I finally just, the vet and I had a conversation. I was like, I don't want him to keep going through this. And so, man, I, I like literally when he died, I made a whole slideshow video with like a Michael Jackson song <laughs> along with it. And I took a copy to the vet. I was like, thank you for taking care of my baby. Like, and actually I still have a clear little, it's about the size of your driver's license. And it's a piece of his hair in Aww. this little clear, I guess you can say like, um, laminated thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like. Sweet animal dogs specifically i love cats too but i've definitely when i was younger i was more of a cat person now i'm totally more of a dog person same yeah same (laughs) well and it helps that my husband's allergic to cats so i just (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) that's too funny yeah but um so we you know we don't have all of those nice platitudes we can say to ourselves so it's been more difficult and we're i don't think a day will ever go by where yeah we don't think of her. And, of course. And those memories, those happy memories, they'll still be tinged with mm-hmm. with sadness yeah. a little bit. Because hoping, wishing that she would be here. And and even with this new dog, like, I know it's what my husband needs. Yeah. I know it's what he needs. Um, but I'm feeling so many things. Yeah. I, it's, I look at her and I'm like, oh, my God, you're so cute. I'm so in love with you. Yeah. But then I want her to do things that Winky does. Yeah. But... I can't have those expectations on her. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. So I'm really trying to give him a lot of time with her yeah. as I adjust so that, you know, we're making sure we're doing right by her. Right, um, right. Because she deserves a good, happy, yeah. loving life with loving parents. And yeah. she deserves to be doted on just the way we doted mm-hmm. on Vicky. And it'll yep. take me some time. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. You know. Absolutely, I will. Yeah. I felt... <laughs> so, Shanna and I, we used to work um, for a doggy daycare. Yes. Together. Oh, my God. And we can talk about that experience. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're still both dog lovers. We may not be human lovers, yeah. though. <laughs> but, you know, even with those dogs, I fell in love with them. Oh, I know. And the other day... Oh, my God. So, now I work at farmer's markets. And the other day, I saw Archie, the golden doodle. I think I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I, was, I was like, excuse me, did your dog... <laughs> go to this daycare and they were like yeah and I was like I was the general manager that is too funny and he remembered me he was like oh my god oh look. my goodness it was so sweet yeah so that's I, how, how I felt about Rocco remember him oh, yeah. oh my god he was so sweet yeah, sweet yeah. such a good boy yeah. <laughs> so I know I'll fall in love with her I fall yeah. in love with strangers dogs yeah exactly so I know it'll happen yeah it's just it'll take time and it's yeah. a process and yep there are some regrets I wish I wish I had not let my neighbor put her in the ground so quickly mm, mm-hmm. because I wish I had brought Persephone out to say goodbye. I mean, her little face was beat up. Mm. 
but I still think Persephone's confused. Yeah. I I see it now. Like, Mm. she was looking around, smelling things last week, and now this new dog is here, and she's like, what is happening? (laughs) What's going on? Um, Yeah. So I wish I had let her say goodbye, and I wish... I, I wish I had gotten her cremated because mm. I wish we still had her. I, I feel that. Because we're renting our home and mm. we're going to have to leave. Yeah. And that is going to suck. But she she does have a little grave and so we've got some stones in the back. Aww. And I think I'll take one of those stones. Yeah. I'll have it laser engraved and, and we can bring that with us yeah. to our home. And, you know, I'm just like caretaking her little grave. I make sure she has fresh flowers Aww, every week over that's there. Sweet. And, and it's been therapeutic and cathartic for me. I bet. Um, because I'm still taking care of her. Even, right. Exactly. Even when yeah. she's passed. And, and she's always with you, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had this, um, we had this little voice for her. This, this is leaky. <laughs> I think I remember. I think I remember. Yeah. And, um, instead of always being in your heart, she, she loved to just, she loved to get as close to us as possible. Yeah. She, and we would say, oh, my God, just get out of my ass right now. And she's like, no, I'm always with your butthole. That's, I'll always be with you. <laughs> and so we, that's what we say now. We're like, she's always in her butthole. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's looking down from heaven like, what? <laughs> she's like, that's not what I said. Right. Like. That is definitely, and that's definitely not what I said, mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> that is too funny. Okay. So, all right. So you got this new pup, you know, and you're taking that one day at mm-hmm. a time. Uh, and you're still doing farmers markets. Mm-hmm. Is that keeping you busy? How's that going? Um, I mainly just do that on the weekends and then okay. occasionally, like on Wednesday evenings. Yeah. Um, it gives me just enough to um, do my acting classes. Cool. Tuesday and Thursdays. Okay. How's um, that going? Tell I, me about that. It's crazy. Uh, yeah. It's intense, mm-hmm. but in the best ways. Um, and this guy, he. He's an he's an intense guy. Like okay. like it's um not in a like trauma um toxic way, mm-hmm. but like in a I'm going to push you to okay. the limit. That's good. Uh which is great. Um I am finding out things about myself that I never knew and mm. finding things confirming things that I've always known. Yeah. And, um and it's challenging because as an actor, I'm like super in my head, and yeah. I'm sure a lot of actors can relate to that. Yeah. And the best acting is the simplest acting, where you're not out of your head; you are just like with this person right. in front of you, right? Saying pre-scripted things, right? But living in a real moment, right? And um, this is definitely helping. So I'm studying the Meisner technique. Um, there's like Strasberg. Meisner, Stanislavski, those are like the big three. And then under that, you've mm. got um, Stella Adler and um, uh, many more. There's so many things, but the big three are those. Okay. Um, so those are like different acting techniques? Different okay. acting techniques. Um, Stanislavski, who in his late in his life, uh-huh. basically retracted everything he said about his work. He was like, just kidding, I was wrong. Oh Don't my do this. lord. Uh, but he basically wants you to like draw on past memories and past hmm. pain, which I always found a little bit huh. emotionally like taxing? Masturbatory. Because mm. <laughs> you would like heal from your trauma. Right, and then you wound. gotta like then you would just right, cut re- it open. Revisit it. Rip it open again, and it's like, wow, this is not healthy. Yeah, this is not a healthy way of being. So then I kind of started moving away from that, um, and then I got to grad school, and mm-hmm. I studied Meisner with um, one of my professors there, and we didn't go like deep dive into uh-huh. it. It was like a few months, but it was like the most out of my head I've ever been, and it was so healthy because I was just working with where I was at for the day. Yeah. I'm not trying to push out tears. I'm not trying to get enraged. It just, if it was supposed to be angry and you didn't get to that point, it was okay not to get to that point. Yeah. Because it created a moment all on its own. Right, right. Okay. So, and it's just so simple and it's, it's just establishing the relationship with the person in front of you, which is always 
more interesting than trying to watch an actor work up these feelings and churn. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people can't, they're like, oh, this person is a bad actor, but they can't articulate why. Right. And I think what they're seeing is they're just seeing this actor trying to churn yeah. out these big feelings when it doesn't have to be that. Right. Um, well, and it, sound, it sounds like it would be a little taxing, you know, because yeah. then you have to, not only do you have to know certain lines, but then you have to literally act the emotion of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, don't get me wrong. You want to be, like, in the ballpark of the emotion. Right, right. Um, or else you're not going to get cast. Right, right, um, right. But, you know, it's just a more simpler way. And okay. simple, as I have learned, is not easy. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> It's actually, I've learned a lot of things in life are very simple, but that doesn't mean they're easy. Yeah. Success, really, in any endeavor, any avenue is actually very simple, but that doesn't mean it's always easy. Yeah. You know? Um, okay, so so how long is this? It's a course. Is it a course, or? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's eight months. Okay. Eight, eight to nine months. How many months are you in right now? We are in month three. Okay. Actively in cool. month three. So what happens at the end of the eight or nine months? Um, you get to say you took this class. Okay. <laughs> and his name carries some weight in okay. Atlanta. So cool. being able to be like, I studied with this person, which I would say, however, um, we have been forbidden yeah. to talk about it until we are <laughs> That's fair. I understand. into the course. Yeah, I, I understand <laughs> being in the, I did a little bit of stuff in the film industry, so I understand certain things can't be said until yeah. well after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> So um, we'll be able to put it on our um, our resume. That's cool. Hopefully, we've made some great connections with yeah. the professors. Yeah. Um, which I I feel fine in my relationship with him. Yeah. Um, we had one moment that was like, oh, that wasn't cool, but he apologized and everything's well, fine. Yeah, that's good. So what what got you into acting? Like, tell me more about that. Like, what? When were you? Like, when have you always known you want to be an act, actor? Like, since you were a child, or what got you into that? Looking back <laughs> on my life, I I think it was obvious that was the route I was going to go down. Okay, because I was always like putting on crazy outfits at home yeah. and like annoying my brother and being like, <laughs> "Hello," and he'd be like, "Get out of that my room," too and I'd be funny. like. I'm not Elizabeth. I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. Like, always. <laughs> and I just would annoy the shit out of my brother. That is funny. And I always loved to, like, play pretend as a kid. Yeah. It was just like, and I was always fully committed. But I never, I don't know, being an actor wasn't something. It was like, it was like a unicorn. It was like actors yeah. are mythological creatures that, mm -hmm. that just appear. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until... I was like 15, I was in high school, I went mm -hmm. to school at Bearden High School in Knoxville, and um, I took like baby acting, mm -hmm. it was just like an elective, and my theater teacher, Leanne Dixon, was like, I think you're really good at this, and I think okay. you need to audition for advanced Love acting. Love that. And I was like, oh my god, thank <laughs> you. It was like the first time a professor had ever taken interest in me, right? and encouraged me yeah. in a positive direction. That's cool. I was a fine student. It was like A's and B's, the occasional C. And mm -hmm. by occasional, I mean like I got one C a year. Like yeah. I wasn't a fine student. I wasn't, I wasn't like anything special. I played the flute. I was fine at it. Yeah. I wasn't first chair, but I wasn't last chair. I yeah. was just fine. <laughs> Uh, but this is like the one thing I felt like I excelled at. And then I auditioned for musical theater. And um, at first I didn't get in. Um, and so I was going to take textiles because I mm -hmm. thought I was going to be an interior designer. That mm -hmm. was my plan in high school. And then my um, teacher, Leanne, she called me one summer and she was like, hey, did you still want to be in musical theater? And I was like, um, yeah, I mean, I would love to. And she was like, okay, because we had somebody move and they dropped out. We don't really need another chorus member, but I really want you to be in the class. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. And she was like, I know tech, you're taking textiles, so is that something you, like, would you want to drop it and then come to musical theater? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And she was like, great, because I already dropped it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was already done. And I was like, well, it's already done. Here that's I am. That's too funny. That's and cool. So we had a, 
it was a big show. It was crazy for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And my high school, it was not some rinky-dink little high school productions. We went all out. Wow. We had a... So our third period class was a tech-only class. Mm -hmm. So that's when people built the sets, built the costumes. We had an army of parent volunteers. That sounds legit. I mean, (laughs) just... I mean, I look back on it, and I was like, how blessed was I to be a part of all of that? Um, right. In high school. Yeah, in high school. That's deaf. We didn't have that in my school. Yeah, no. Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, we had a tap dancing boot camp. I was the worst one. I love tap. I grew up doing tap dance. That's funny. It was me and David. I can't remember his last name, but he was second worst. Maybe we were both (laughs) like male and female worst dancers. And so we would we would stay after, and we would we would work together, and we would get our dance captain, and we would work with them, and we worked so hard, and we got I mean we got up to yeah. the speed of everybody else, and I was taking voice lessons on my own. Um, I was working my little tail off, and at the end we had these little exit interviews, and my um, my my theater teacher she was like you're you're so talented. But more than that, you are the hardest worker Aww. in this class, mm-hmm. which is going to take you so much further than talent ever will. Right. Amen to that. And um, and then I sat down with my musical director, and she said the words that would haunt me for the rest of my life. Mm. She said, Lizzie, you have potential. And I was like... What? Which to me, when I, you know, 15, 16 years old means you're not good, yeah. but you can get good. Yeah, that was such a shady comment, um, especially like knowing how hard you work and then your other teacher telling you like how great you are. Like you're, yeah. you're like up here and then this person's like, no, I'm just going to bring you on down home. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Especially to like how old were you at the time? I was like 15 or 16. Yeah. Man, we got we to gotta watch what we say to that's yeah. I bet that that crushed you, didn't it? For the rest of my life. Wow. I'm still terrified to sing in front of people. Wow. I feel that. And uh, so much so that when I went to grad school, in grad school, they made the graduate students audition for everything. Yeah. It didn't matter if you were precast in a show or whatever. And so we were having, we were doing a musical, Cabaret, and they made me audition for it. And I, before my audition, I took two shots of whiskey <laughs> so I could feel comfortable enough and then after my audition I went and vomited yeah and then the callback list came up and my name was on it wow. and I had to sing a second song and I vomited in the trash can directly to the left of the callback list oh my goodness <laughs> and then I got cast in the show and I vomited again <laughs> I was like Fuck! <laughs> I had to sing two solos okay and it was horrible (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness um i i was so nervous and the the musical director in that show was not super encouraging because i think he was expecting a level of professionalism Mm. um from everybody i think he thought everybody had the same amount of experience mm. and I did not and I really needed somebody to kind of hold my hand um, yeah. and work with me and I tried to voice what I was uncomfortable with and I never really felt like that was addressed and instead I just felt like I was met with some hostility and I don't know why maybe he was perceiving my nervousness as something else yeah. We never had a conversation about it, um, but I did have a conversation with the director, who was my professor, yeah. the same professor that introduced me to Meisner, mm-hmm. and so we were able to work some things out, and I think I grew, I just posted this on my Instagram too, a picture of me from that performance, um, and I, I grew so much as a performer, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, okay, well, I have a song in my belt now in my book that I could go and audition with. Um, but I have not done anything with it. And I honestly, I, I moved to New York after grad school and I tried to do the New York thing, but I, I never found a balance. Mm-hmm. I was always in survival mode. Yeah. And so then I just was like, I'm done with acting. 
uh, we're gonna move to Atlanta and I'm gonna get a different career and and I'm just gonna be happy living a normal life yeah so I went into the dog industry and then <laughs> yeah that was an experience and that was an experience um, you know and I yeah, was same here talking to our boss about becoming an area manager in Tennessee mm-hmm. like I mean I was I was on track to yeah go far and wide in that company but um, I could not I could not it was a combination of my heart was yearning to perform again and I knew that and mm-hmm. it, it had been building for years and then the blatant circumstances at that job yeah it yeah you know I just was like I can't be the person in charge when nope something happens and inevitably. when when you know that the people who are running this company honestly do not give two fucks about the dogs or the humans yeah who are working for them. Yeah. And that, well, what you know, we've talked about plenty of times. Yeah. <clears throat> of course, I was only there for, what, I think like six months or something like that. But she was the worst boss I ever had, and that was the most traumatic job experience I've ever had. Yeah. And I, I tell people now, as a result, actually, even on Facebook, when I see people posting in some of our our mutual groups, you know, mm-hmm. asking for, oh, could anyone share a good doggy daycare, blah, 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 blah. Don't do it. Don't, do not. Find a dog walker. Take, yes, or a sitter, a house sitter, yeah. something. Do not take your dogs to a doggy daycare or boarding facility. No. Period. Don't do it. Because especially you, if they especially if they interact with one another. Uh-huh. Because you have exactly. You have no idea what goes on behind those closed doors. <clears throat> and um I've actually had this conversation with some people, you know, since and and I tell them it's not even the people who were actually in the facility. Mhm. The, the issue with the people in the facility is that they're so, they're so short-staffed. And underpaid. And underpaid. Way underpaid. Ve- very underpaid. They should be getting $20 an hour. Minimum. They're literally putting their lives in line. They're literally risking literally. their lives. And, like, for people who may be listening who are dog lovers, they may not understand. But the thing is, is that... And, and honestly, I didn't understand either until I worked that job. Yeah. But when you are literally... All right, most other jobs, when you're short-staffed, it's stressful... But, like, no one's going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you were work at a hospital. Yeah. Okay? But in this atmosphere, like you said, we have people who are severely underpaid. Like, before we left, they finally got started getting paid, what, $10 an hour? Something like that? Yeah. Okay. They're, they can't sit down for eight, eight hours. They're in a room with 30-plus, at times, barking big dogs who are barking at each other, jumping on you, jumping on each other. Um... They're, they're being dogs. Yeah. And no shade to to the owners. I right. find 70% of dog owners don't know how to be a dog owner. Correct. They don't know Correct. the training that needs to go in. Correct. And they just let them do whatever they want. Yes. And so when they come into a new facility, they believe they can do whatever they want. Yes. Because they're mommy and daddy's yep. precious little yep. angel. Yeah. Which they are. But yep. unless... Or truly, you need some expert level training for all yeah. dogs. All dogs. From Chihuahuas to Great Danes. Literally. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And they don't receive that. And then they bring them to the daycare yep. thinking we can work miracles because now their ill-behaved dog is causing mm-hmm. chaos at home. And instead, they end up unknowingly picking fights with other dogs because they yep. don't know how to be social. They yep. don't know how to read social cues. And I... Uh, you know, I just, I don't think it's a great idea. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely not, especially after experiencing that. And, you know, kind of like you, I, I got into that position because I wanted to try something outside of, I've been in the fitness industry for so long, so long, I wanted to try something different. And, you know, this, you know, as we've talked before, like any job is bearable with the right people leading and working with you. Mm-hmm. But when you have people who literally do not care, mm-hmm. like... And, 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 you know, and this is my thing, too, is just, like, at what point does a company, when your attrition and you're with your employees are so bad where you, you're lucky to get someone to show up for a shift, first mm-hmm. of all. Then, second of all, we're lucky to keep them for, what, three weeks, if that? Yeah. If that. You know, um, at what point does a company take a step back and say, hmm, what are we doing wrong here? 
Like, yeah. at what point? You know what I'm saying? And um, when one of your employees gets their face, face ripped off? Basically. <laughs> yeah. No, actually not even them with this particular no, company. It's not. Yeah. And, yeah, that you know, you know what's crazy is that to see something like that happen, to see an employee's life literally be changed in an instant, and she was making ten fifty an hour, mm-hmm. and the company to just send her flowers, you know, um, yeah, and not even offer to try to help her with any type of medical bills. That right there, amongst uh, so many other things at that company, made me realize they do not care about your life. Period. And they, they. <laughs> sent in biological warfare I remember you got COVID and mm-hmm. without a negative just go to the store oh she just want me to come back to work so but bad don't tell anybody hurry up and get back to work yeah oh and whenever you get there make sure you're staying away from people and don't say that you're still having symptoms mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah and you know what looking back I wish then I wish then I could have been as brave as I am now yeah because then and I'm putting air quotes I needed this job yeah. I needed this, this, it was the highest base salary I'd ever had. And, and I took it, honestly, that's what I get for, and it's so true. They say, do not take a job just because of the money. But, you know, I don't know about you, but when you come from absolutely nothing and someone's saying, I'm going to give you $75,000, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll tolerate. But once you get into it and the constant overworking, again, the utter disregard for the employees. Yeah. You know, the crossing of the boundaries when you're getting texts and calls about something that's not an emergency or or the company's so busy uh, opening and acquiring new locations, yet their current ones do not have enough staff to even survive. Yeah. And then it creates a terrible experience for those employees, the dogs, the pet parents. Yeah. It just was a terrible, terrible. Yeah. And what's really sad, too, is it's just like, it's like a disaster with a bow on it. Yeah. And they're charging people X amount of money per month. So much money. Mm-hmm. Their mm-hmm. baths are outrageous. Mm-hmm. It would, I just took my mom's dog to get a bath at PetSmart. And now, granted, it's just a bath. There's no haircut. Um, bath, like high-end shampoo, nail grinding, $53. Mm-hmm. He's 160 pounds. Mm-hmm. If I were to take mm-hmm. him to that company, I'd be paying $75. Yeah. For and it may not even get done that day. Depending it may not on even get done if you that have empo- day. If that, if, that, if that location has employees that day. Yeah. And that and how, yeah, how do you even explain that to pet parents? And if you're short-staffed, they still want you to take baths. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you still push, push. Mm-hmm. Who's going to do it? Are you exactly. going to come in with your fancy nails nope. and get your hands in this nope. dog? No. <laughs> but you're not. Yeah, that, like, man, I am so... But like I said, I wish that I would have been brave. At, but I did get brave at the end. I did get brave at the end because... This was after you were gone. What happened was I think I had finally just seen so many employees come and go. And then the issue with the employee, the way they treated her mm-hmm. and the way I got treated. Even, you know, there were multiple times I worked 11, 12 days in a row. You know, I remember one time it was 12 from, hour days. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. One time, one time, one day I worked 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. I remember I was able to go home, take Sierra out, take a little nap. And then I had to go right back because because one location was so understaffed. It was like two people to 80 something dogs yeah. almost 90 dogs actually I remember that yeah. and I wasn't about to leave those two employees the morale solo solo and so you know I will never forget the tipping the utter tipping point I'm, I, it was just a build up right mm-hmm. it was just a build up with me getting COVID and the way that she the utter disregard for hurry up and get back to work but like you said whenever you get there try to stay away from people and don't let people know you're still having some symptoms that and then the way that employee was treated and just the way they did business you know they were only as transparent with pet parents as they wanted to be yeah you know i told them when we opened that new facility and it was our first big boarding it was easter weekend it was our first big boarding holiday since covid so i knew it was going to be a shit show to begin with but then our boarders started getting kennel cough Mm -hmm. because we accepted a dog that we don't we, we wouldn't have accepted him on normal basis because yeah. they didn't meet our qualifications, but because they came from a completely the, different right. company that we had taken over Acquired. this facility, right. we were going to make an exception. Mm-hmm. And then... And then kennel cough broke out. And then kennel cough broke out, and yep. I told them, we need to suspend daycare, so we're not giving it to our daycare dogs. 
No, absolutely not. Yep. And I'm like, you're not even losing money. Most of these people <laughs> have, like, memberships. So mm-hmm. we just push their membership by a couple of weeks. Like, not a big deal yep. until this blows over. My God, I had to call 20, 30 pet parents and just be like, sorry, your dog got kennel cough. Well, why did my dog get kennel cough? Yeah, how do you even... Again, they're only as transparent as they want to be. Like, because how do you... And then, and then see, then... Then you and me are very, like, uh, then our integrity is on the line. Yes. Our morality is on the line. And I struggled so hard <laughs> mm-hmm. with that. Same. Well, shoot, I struggled the day that you told me that you were quitting because I was sitting there. Everything you were saying, and for those listening, of course, you know, I don't even remember all the details about the conversation, but it was so funny because I will never forget that day. And you were talking to me, and literally in my head I was going, yeah, I got to figure out how to get out of here. I was like, yeah. because everything she's saying is true, and I absolutely, as Shanna, as Shanna the person, Absolutely agrees with this, but again, Shanna as the survivalist of, damn, th- I gotta have the salary though. Like, I gotta have the salary, yeah. you know. But <laughs> I was so glad too that we connected after that because that day I was having a totally dip because you were like, I'm sorry, that's your experience, and I was like, this corporate Barbie <laughs> is giving me some corporate nonsense. I know what you're doing right now. I was trained the same way. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I was so mad because yeah. I just felt like nobody sees this. I'm, Am I crazy? I, yeah, literally, you will start to – oh, that was another thing. Uh, she was a very uh, that very good at making – gaslighting. Yeah. Making you feel like you're crazy. Yeah. For something that is – when some, and this, I'm so – like, I don't know about you, but for me, since I've left there, I've been so pr- – see, that was the issue. I, I, I was – your gut will never steer you wrong. Never. But when you don't listen to it, you always pay for it later. Yeah. You know, and so when she got hired, my heart dropped into my stomach. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know her. I'd never met but her. But you just knew. But I was like, yep. oh. And it was so good before. I wish. I remember I, I heard from other employees as well. I mm-hmm. wish you could have been there. Yeah. From from the boot camp that we all took part in. Like, it, God, it was so good. Yeah. And even... So we opened up that second location. Even that was okay for a minute, Mm. but they gave it to the wrong Mm. human, Mm -hmm. and she was not ready for it. I told my boss at the time, but she... It wasn't my place. I spoke out of place, truly. That was... But I, I said the right thing, but it wasn't my place to say it. And so... It reflected poorly on me. Um, but then at the end, when this human made a very racist statement to one of our employees, <laughs> uh, Laura was like, I should have should have listened. And I was like, what? Yeah. It's fine. I mean, I understand. Like, yeah. But from then, from the moment, because, you know, she came from money mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. was there to make and us money. And had never worked uh, around dogs either. And wasn't willing yeah. to to listen to people who have been in that industry, yeah. you know. And like for me, the final, final, final tipping point was, um, I had gotten an email from the actual owners asking me about my experience and for feedback, and I was like, "Whoop, here we go," because at that point I was so done that I was like, "Yeah, I'll just go ahead and get my feedback." I was like, "I know I'm gonna get fired." You know, it is what it is. But at that point, it was getting to the point where I was calling my cousin who lives in Seattle every day as I was driving to work, telling her that I think I'm just going to keep going past the building and drive back home. It was getting so bad, you know. And I would would wake up in the morning, Mm -hmm. I would open my eyes, and I would start sobbing. Mm -hmm. And and so basically, I emailed them back. And don't get me wrong, I told them what I saw that I felt was wrong, but then I also presented solutions. Yeah. One of them being, the number one being, you need to become a more employee-centered organization. Mm-hmm. How can you do that? These are some of the ways. One of the ways you can do that is that, first of all, your people are severely overworked. Yeah. The people you actually do have who are showing up, they're severely overworked. So I would suggest trying to find ways to get more help before opening up newer locations. Yeah. Because the locations you currently have, the staff can be gone like that. Yeah. Literally within a day. Literally. <laughs> and it's happened before. And it had many happened times many over. times. The, even in the six to seven months that I was there, it happened multiple times at different locations. And we're expected to step in and fill those gaps. Right. Meanwhile, 
why aren't you doing uh-huh. your admin work? Why mm-hmm. aren't we getting these reports? Because oh, there's lives at I'm stake. I'm sorry, Becky. I'm <laughs> yeah. in the grooming doing 20 baths a day yeah. that we now have to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just, you know, and the final thing for me was is that it was interesting because I was texting with our boss um, on the week before that I either gave my notice or got fired. I don't know. I gave my notice in the email, but then like she fired me later that week. <laughs> so, um, but long story short, the, what the, the, really the tipping point for me wasn't the reason why I actually waited to respond to that email was because I had sent her a text the week before we were chatting. Oh yeah. We were chatting and we were literally in mid conversation and I go, Hey, do you think because I worked six days last, last week that I could take a three day weekend this weekend? Blank ghost zero didn't hear anything back. It said delivered though. I know she got it. So it was interesting when you know. So and I had actually mentioned that in my email. I said you know, and communication is a terrible thing. I was like because I sent this text on blah 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 date and I've yet to hear back from her at all. Um, and it was funny because whenever she called to fire me, uh, she goes, I was so shocked by your email and I never got that text. And I was like, wow, that's so crazy. Cause you know, I've been working here for seven months and you've gotten every other text except that one. Gotcha. Interesting. Yeah, I was, I, but I was so done at that point. And again, I actually wish I would have left sooner. I wish I, shoot, I wish I would have quit as soon as, just as soon as I, as soon as I felt, as soon as I saw the overworking come on, mm-hmm. you know, that's when I should have left, you know, which was before the incident of the employee basically getting her face bit yeah. off, you know. Um, but again, you know, when you're the only one depending on you and you don't come for money, you don't have a lot of money, you I know, the, the pandemic changed all of us. You, yeah, you, you gaslight yourself in some ways, yeah. you know. Being, we, when I, I remember when I was little, we had good money my folks were aircraft mechanics but I remember when I was 12 ish you know folks got divorced I mean we were struggling we were struck I I could see the fear in my mom's eyes every day and this was the first time and being an actor you know I'm always working gig jobs right this was the first time that I had full insurance Mm -hmm. I was making you know above $35,000 not much more yeah um but like I was making a salary and it didn't matter if I went in three days or six days, which, (laughs) which you were constantly overworked. Hilarious. Cause I was there (laughs) seven days a week. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it didn't matter. (laughs) Um, And actually I think that's what they do. They love putting people on a salary because they know they're going to work you like a dog at that specific company. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm not saying every company, but, but I got so much joy. Um, because when I quit, I gave them a two-month notice. I remember. Mm-hmm. They didn't hire someone until three days before my mm-hmm. last day. And then mm-hmm. they asked me if I could stay longer. Uh-huh. And I was like, I gave you plenty of time. I was very respectful. Oh, do you... Uh, you know, I actually, I don't think I've told anyone this, but... Uh, Actually, whenever we were trying to interview and find someone to replace you, mm-hmm. she actually had me... Inter- I swear to God, this is not a lie. I, on God. She had me interview some candidates that were referred to her that she knew. She's like, I'm not going to hire them. But so basically wasted my time, their time, really her time. What employer has time, especially with with the the plight of that job, we don't have time to waste. We don't have time. Oh, my God. But yeah, I remember I think I interviewed either two or three candidates that she just wanted me to interview because someone referred them. But she's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to hire them. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I, I literally like that was the most disgusting job experience I've ever had. And, you know, it's interesting because now, you know, where I'm at in life, like I actually I, I had an interview with some, a company uh, earlier this week. They reached out to me because I haven't been applying for jobs because yeah. I'm just so burnt out on, you know, you you have to put up this this. You have to be an actor when you're at work, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of times you're denied, especially, I'm not saying, maybe I'm a little bit, you know, since I left my career of six years and then with that experience, but I'm just tired and I'm not willing to not be myself anymore or put on this facade and man, that job really did it for me, Yeah, you know? And so basically I told this particular company, I said, unless you're going to pay me more than what I'm making now on my own terms then I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm serv- I'm figuring it out. It's working. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I think you just get to the point where 
And I will say this though, I am really, really proud of myself whenever I did leave that company that I finally said what I needed to say. Yeah. You know, because I think, don't get me wrong, yeah, I had put in my notice in that email and then again, she called me later on that weekend, fired me or whatever. But, um, but I'm thankful and basically let her know that I see you and how terrible you are. You're not hiding. You're I was not fooling everyone. Lizzie, I was so close. I remember I told my therapist this. Literally, when she called me, I was this close, <laughs> which is very close. I was this close to being like, you are the worst boss I've ever had. <laughs> like, and it, man, and, and you know, I can say that because I, I had a very amazing experience directly before that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to go from such a great working experience to such a shitty working experience... Yeah. It's like, and you know what makes me really sad is for the people who are working there, who are younger than us, who maybe this was their first working experience. Yeah. Can you imagine having that experience as a, shoot, as a 20, 21-year-old and thinking, this is what the working world is like? Yeah. Traumatized. Yeah. I'm proud because I I had such a great relationship with my team. Yeah. That when I announced I fit well, first of all, somebody else announced that I was leaving yeah. while I was taking my PTO and I was super pissed about that. It was a new hire and I was like, How dare you? Yeah. Uh but when I finally officially announced it, I had three employees come up to me and they were like, When's your last day? Because that's also my last day. Mm-hmm. Um I had one, she literally cried in my arms and she was like, I can't do this without you. Yeah. And I was like, I put, I gave a two month notice. You have yeah. two months to find a new job. Mm-hmm. And there were moments when I was tempted to go back because I know I, I left things. I did my time. Right. Yeah, you did. You know, you did. and I, and honestly, like they need good people. <laughs> I had a smiling face the whole, <laughs> and I knew if I went back and was like, can I, can I have a job? Mm-hmm. They would give it to yeah, me. Of course. But Every time I would start to have these moments, a new employee would call me and be like, yo, girl, I just quit. And mm-hmm. I was like. <laughs> it's a sign. It's the universe being like, girl, don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, again, like, you know, even when it came down to getting W-2s, you know, like. I had to go to the store. Well, and I heard, too, that yeah. the stack of employees who were still here and the stack of employees who were not here was a, a big difference in a stack. <laughs> yeah. The employees who were not here, that stack was very tall. Like, this is a representation of your turnover. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look at it. It's it's bad. Again, at what point does a company look at itself and say, we're doing, something's wrong. Something's wrong. At what point, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm actually, the, the, okay, so to not continue to talk about the bad, but the good <laughs> things that came out of that experience were, I did learn that I will never take Sierra to a doggy daycare yeah. or boarding facility ever again in her life. Mm-hmm. Um if I have to go somewhere and she can't come with me, someone's either going to come stay at my place or she's going to go stay at someone's place, yeah. period. Yeah. Um, I got to meet you and a few others yeah. that I absolutely adore, and I'm so thankful that we crossed yeah. paths. Uh, and the one good thing that came out of our boss um, was that one time we went out to eat, and she puts honey uh, on her pepperoni pizza. Oh. And so I've started doing that, and I really like it. Honey, um, oh. hot sauce, and uh, a little bit of Creole seasoning. So good. So those are the good things that came out of it. And, 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 and the last thing was I finally decided to be brave enough to give them my feedback. Yeah. At the risk of knowing that I'm not going to be here much longer. Yeah. You know, because unfortunately companies would rather lose a good employee than to fix bad management. Yeah. And that's a fact. Yeah. You know, um, and I experienced that and but honestly, too, why would I want to continue to work in an environment with that that's taxing on your mental and emotional health? Yeah. You know, first of all, everyone deserves a life outside of work. So to experience that, like you said, you were there six, seven days a week. Yeah. Like, now that I have this new freedom and flexibility of my schedule, will I ever go back to work in a traditional job? I don't know. Maybe. But all I'm saying is, is that I know what I won't do. Is yeah. go to a job where I'm constantly overworked for no reason. Yeah. For no reason. Or I do not have a good relationship with my manager. Yeah. Woo! No way. I will say, so I left, what was that, two years ago? So I was 30. And it took me up until 30 years old to finally realize that I'm allowed to set 
the boundaries mm-hmm. in my life, and I'm yep. allowed to set the standards, and I don't have yep. to settle for less. No, nope, you don't. And I have been offered three jobs. I've mm-hmm. applied, interviewed, and gotten three full-time jobs, and at the 12th hour, I've been like, I can't do this. I'm yep. sorry. I'm I just saying. have so much PTSD yep. that taking a nine-to-five job, I'm like, uh-huh. I cannot do this. I know, and it's crazy how one experience like that can really... Um, I've you know? truthfully never been a nine to five person yeah. before. Um, I do prefer working like the weird schedules. Yeah. But um <laughs> I just yeah. can't because I just feel like why why am I yeah. why am I giving forty hours uh-huh. of my week of prime time? Uh-huh. Like Well and that's a minimum too. The minimum. <laughs> that's and the it, minimum and requirement. It's like, I could totally work a job like six to two mm-hmm. and and then be able to have like the rest of my day like that seems amazing right. to me but like working nine to five o'clock it's like I wake up and it's dark mm-hmm. outside I go back home and it's dark outside mm-hmm. well and see and then even at that company it was always 11 to 8 10 to 7 yeah so and you were lucky you were very lucky if you got a break yeah if you got a break yeah you were lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I, she would get on to me because I wouldn't eat. And I'm like, when, when do I have time to eat? And see, my employees need breaks. The utter, the utter disconnect. Yeah. The utter disconnect. And don't get me wrong. There's going to be a disconnect from the ground level employees to the people, the people and the, the coups and all that. There's going to always be a disconnect, but it shouldn't be that bad. Like should what not. we experienced. It should not be that bad. Mm-mm. You have to listen to your employees. Yeah. You, you have to. And again, when your attrition and your turnover is so bad when it comes to employees, at what point do you take a step back and be like, maybe it's something we're doing wrong. Is it me? You know? Am, am I the drama? So, right. Right. Exactly. So I'm just so thankful that we both got out of there. And, yeah, too. you know, I feel honestly, mentally, uh, I'm so much better. I mean, don't wrong. I'm not making as much. I feel healthier. Me too. I feel, I feel like, yeah, healthier mentally. Like that I'm not having to literally tell my cousin, I'm just going to keep driving. Please tell me to go into this job. And then I would get there and be like, damn, I got to be here for a minimum of eight hours. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and then you start to like, too, you know, when you zoom out on life, it's like, wait, do I really want to give a comp- a job, go to a job every day mm-hmm. that I do not like eight hours of my life? Yeah. That's like, and who, who came yeah. up with that? Who came up with the eight hour work day? That's insane. That's insane. We're, so we're too advanced now. We don't need we, all of that. No, we don't need to. I remember the, my career that I left. I remember towards the end. This was before the bad the bad experience <laughs> where we met. But um, I remember towards the end, I got to the point where I was like, I don't need to be here eight hours. Like, I literally don't. Because my team was so great and things were so well managed that I didn't need to, It was a well-oiled machine. That's why you why know? I need to be here. Exactly. Because so, I also feel like the presence of a higher manager sort of indicates that you don't trust your team well i feel exactly and that that was the thing like there's a difference between being a leader and being a micromanager yeah and that's exactly how i feel if you have to micromanage me or no this is me as a manager if i have to micromanage you that means i do not trust you because that's not the type of manager i am however that's the type of manager that she was and it just that's why i wasn't there long which is fine it is what it is for some people that may work but it don't work for me (laughs) I can't. I, I'm pretty independent with my job now. Like, I show up, I get the equipment, yeah. and I go to the markets. And this guy, like, he's not a leader. He's not a manager. He yeah. doesn't know how to talk to people. <laughs> he's very rough around the edges. And he, sometimes he'll show up to the markets, and he's like, this looks awful. <laughs> and he'll move one thing. And I, and I literally, I'm like, was that necessary? <laughs> or I'll say, I'm glad you feel better. <laughs> like, literally, because yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. Come on, man. <laughs> That's but, funny. And I just, I prefer to work independently. Yeah, same. I, I prefer you to train me uh-huh. and just know that you've done a good job. Right. And if you're not confident that you've done a good job, that's not on me. Right. But now I'm a grown-ass woman who has been trained to do this job. Just right. let me do it. And everything's figure outable. And if I yeah. have any questions, I will let you know. Trust me. Trust me. Absolutely. 
<laughs> Absolutely. If I get stuck, I'm going to call you. I'm going right. to email you. I'm going to do something. Yeah. But like, and you know, I understand that there are grown ass people out there who are not responsible. Right. Right. And my husband is inundated with them, and yeah. it's like 45 year old men who are who have to be told that you have to show up to your job, and it's like, whoa. That's wild. What's happening? And I, he's a young man, so I'm sure some of these employees are like, well, you're yeah, younger yeah, than me. Yeah. I can do what I want. But it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you obviously have not learned how to work in the professional world. Right. So let me teach you some things, right. sir, or right. you're fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, it's crazy. And, I, you know, I understand that the workforce... Um, is it, interesting right now. It's a huge disconnect. From oh, yeah. These old, like, super professional yep. to these young, yep. like, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to start yep. a... And they'll quit a job at the drop of a hat. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, that's where I'm at now, too. Like, Dude, me too. If, if some, if the wind blows wrong, right. <laughs> see ya! Yeah. <laughs> because, because I just learned from, from that experience that we had together, and then even the experience where I was at for, you know, my career where I absolutely loved, is that you're still just an employee at the end of the day. You're yeah. disposable at the drop of a hat. Yeah. So that's why you have to have a life outside of work. And you deserve to have a life outside of work. Everyone deserves that. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that TikTok video, the Veronica in the office. I love her. I love she's her. she's like, it's 5 o'clock. Yeah. Going, I was like, that is okay, so me. And I'm like, I was like, that beautiful. is so me. Yes. Literally, uh, right at, uh, yeah. Okay, so the episode cut off at the end. I did not realize that Anchor only records 60 minutes flat. So basically, we finished the episode talking about courage and how even though you are only one person, you do have a voice. And if something feels wrong to you against your morality or your integrity, you have every right to speak up and you have every right to leave a toxic situation, whether that's a relationship, a job. And so I hope this inspires someone to find the courage within themselves to speak up, whether it's someone who's crossing a boundary or whatever. Your voice matters and you deserve to be heard. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.